Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. Welcome to another Dirt Roads Circuit Riders Podcast. Hey. I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm Mike sure Cool, along, along with oh, I give up. Along with Doug Routledge and Steve McVeigh, and they're applauding me because it usually takes me 55 takes to do the introduction. And today, in one swift moment, I proved my chops that I still get to be part of the team. It was a close test, but I made it. Um, We're thanks. interviewing six-year-olds. <laughs> So I thought it was five, so I've moved up a rank. I'm really glad. So we are glad you could join us today. And as we have been talking about redefining what's going on in our lives as pastors, today we're going to talk about the prophetic voice. But you know, I've been thinking about when's the least prophetic thing that you ever said or biblical voice ever said from the pulpit, guys? Like a prophetic and biblical moment. Or prophetic, I would, as I call it. Yes, okay, yeah, biblical <laughs> pro- voice. So one time I was, uh, this was in my first pastorate. I was in a little country church outside of Marion, Indiana, and I was in this transition getting ready for the new point. And I, I had said, you know, the Lord will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never leave us desolate. And in my mind, I had this picture of using your hand to brush off your shoulder. But what I said was, the Lord will never flip you off. But that is true. It is true. <laughs> but I didn't even realize what I had said. It's true. And there's these old farmers along the back row that start laughing. And the next thing you know, the whole place is laughing. Mm. And then my wife's like, you said flip them off, mouthing that to me. And I'm like, well, he won't do that either. And I tried to go on with the sermon, but the the, the prophetic biblical mm. moment was lost, or the pathetic one was. Yes, that's why it was. It was, it was a pathetic. <laughs> it was a pathetic moment, not a prophetic moment. So, so Doug, how about you? <laughs> you know, the truth is, I say so many stupid things from the pulpit so often. Picking just one, it it just feels like I'm at the smorgasbord trying to decide which kind of greasy fast food I'm going to eat. Go with the chicken. Yeah. so Always the chicken. But I will say this. I'm hoping I'm more prophetic than... I was talking eschatology, and I posted this the other day. I just said, I hope that my that, that my eschatology bracket is more accurate than my than my Final Four March Madness bracket, because I was really off, and uh, I even had the wrong person coming in the end. So... I, <laughs> Yes. So I don't I don't know you know when we talk about prophetic voice biblical voice is safer for me. Yeah, That's it is a Baptist. It, it, we it, mean the same thing. We, yeah. yeah, we mean the same thing. By the way, the reason I'm not sharing is none of mine are podcast worthy and for your sakes and ours we're going to leave it right there. Okay. But right. speaking of uh in the biblical voice, the prophetic voice, today we're going to land here and I think it's so key. 
And, and, and for you out there, no matter where you are on the spectrum of denomination or beliefs of this, we want to really have you understand that the key that we're talking about is a biblical voice. Mm. And and we, when we're talking the, the prophetic voice, the prophecy, we want to take it from that view, that angle, that larger view of it. And so as we talk about it, I think, Steve, you have a pretty good verse you want to share with us to start today. Yeah, well, see, here's what, here's what we're saying. As we shift from being a pastor who leads a congregation to a, minist- uh, a missionary, called to transform a community, you have to realize, we have to realize we're in a nation that isn't biblically based anymore, isn't Christian-based anymore. And so immediately I'm drawn over to Judges chapter 2, verse 10. After that, a whole generation has—after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord— nor what he had done for Israel. They didn't know the law. And so I live in a community. I live in a culture, and frankly, I even live in front of a congregation that doesn't know the Bible like I think they do. And as a missionary, I have to become a teacher of the Word. Absolutely. And this is really important, uh, just if you're joining us for the first time, we're, uh, we're talking about redefining the pastoral roles in light of the fact that we're talking about uh, a call to missionaries, yes. being a missionary, as opposed to the traditional pastoral role. So over the next five weeks, we're going to be going over prophetic voice, the chief vision casting, the primary discipler, the scorecard holder, and then the uh, the cultural attache mm. uh, again. And that's just to give that preempt here. So today we're talking about prophetic or biblical voice, right. uh, and that's where it comes from. I, I love that passage, and I hate it. Because I think it speaks to today. I, I think it's so true. I think we are a biblically literate culture, and I think that's the that's where we have to start with a little bit. We have to understand um, that they don't really know the way, and and that as a pastor, we have to start from almost ground zero level, and, and it's stunning to me. Yeah, and, and so many of the studies that we do, if I can just jump in there, like if you went to a mission field, would you do— an in-depth study of whatever, or would you start with like the big story? I mean, there's lots of directions that we could go with this, but how many people know the big story of the plan of salvation? Starting with the the garden, the fall, you know, the promise, the the Messiah, you know, all that, just that big picture story. They don't know that, but then you go a little bit deeper. They don't know what is they don't know their right hand from the left is the way it's put in judges as a as a prophet how simple do i have to make this or again as a prophet as a as the chief biblical prophetic voice how concerned do i have to be with how hard hitting this voice is i think you hit hard yeah. the issue is is you don't hit hard without knowledge Okay. Right. You know, I can't shout at you. Okay, I I have no understanding of rugby. I'll just just this just came to mind. Okay, this isn't a planned thing. I have no understanding of rugby. I think of that because someone put a rugby video on my on my feed this morning. You throw me in to play rugby, rugby, and the coach screams at me all day. It isn't going to do me any good. Exactly. I don't know what he is even saying. And many times our prophetic biblical words come across like that. We have to, they don't know. So I have to start there. But that doesn't mean I'm not convicting. Exactly. And I think that's the difference. So you have to understand, you can 
be convicting and give hope. I know that sounds contradictory. It's two things you hold in tension, but you need to do both. Yeah. And and I and I think we we address that. We you address the misconceptions of the culture. You address the sin of the culture. You teach the ways because if we don't teach the ways, if we don't, how can we then call something out when they didn't know it? it yeah. It's it's amazing to me that people don't even understand like what sin is or understand like what is wrong and going on. And we're not saying culture is all evil because there's value in it because God's created everything for right. good and then we twist it. But the understanding of the prophetic voice in that is a two-way street. You're doing, you're doing two things at once. You're calling into life what God wants. You're also calling out what God doesn't want. And therefore, you're challenging them. And I think for all of us, and I am, I'm in a stream that talks a lot about prophecy. I'm in a stream that talks a lot about spiritual gifts. And the reason I feel confident to say this is we need to understand that we're making assumptions about the people around us. The, the role of the prophetic voice is extraordinarily heavy. Uh, early on in our ministry here, Dawn and I said that we literally felt the weight of people riding on our coattails. Mm. I think before you speak into the spiritual climate of an area, before you project, before you, uh, you know, you you foretell or foretell, however you're going, couch that. Before you do it, you'd better be prayed up oh and yes, humbly yes. before God. There's no yes. pride in the prophet's voice. Oh my goodness, no. that is so important. We're not asking you to just go out and start screaming at people. No, we do that no, already. Bones, please. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we do that already without God's approval. But I'll tell you, when we speak, may it be the words of the Lord. May yes. we take, because we have so many pressures. Pastor, rural pastors have so many pressures. May it be the word of the Lord that we share. Mm. Well, we, we, we talk about two things. We talk about salt and light, and we talk about truth and love. Mm-hmm. And, and my whole point of it is you, you need to be the voice of the Lord. You need, need to hear the voice of the Lord to do that. You can't. You can't just not do that yourself. You you better have be challenged yourself as a pastor. You better have that humility. You better have that reality. And if you don't, you got to start there. And also, if you, if they hear a message of hatred coming through the voice, it's not mm-hmm. the voice of God. Yeah. If they hear an other type, an other type feeling, yep. it's not the voice of God. God doesn't do that in that. Yeah. And if it's a partisan voice, it is not the voice of the Lord. <laughs> really? And, and yeah. we won't go down that road anymore. That's true. Yeah. But here's here's some sins that are in rural culture that a prophet would have to address. Mm. The way that husbands and wives treat each other in a farming culture is not biblical. Now, we, we're not going to spend all day on that. Right. The protectionist view that we have that many are hiding and, you know, they want to be isolated. They don't want to have... That's not a biblical view of how we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That defensive view, like I'm going to get, I'm going to get loaded to bear. And we, just so you guys know, we we aren't against guns. I need to be clear about that because yeah. this morning no, at the breakfast at table, <laughs> at the breakfast table this morning. Okay, this is a sidelight. Okay, yeah. we are we are at Doug and Don's, and um, <laughs> Doug was sitting where he could see out the window, and there was a raccoon. It was going a little too fast. Doug yeah, tried to get the gun in time, but the yeah. raccoon was. Well, you better want to explain why we try to shoot the raccoon. We're just not shooting raccoons for random reasons. We're protecting the chickens, chickens. who laid the so eggs for protect breakfast. Yeah, I don't know. That's important. I'm willing to say I'm going to shoot a raccoon <laughs> I was just trying for to help just you no out reason. I tried to help you out there, Doug. So, in, so, so as we embrace that and discuss different sites for ARs and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> what we do have to we do have to address this idea that I am not supposed to be abrasive in the if if anybody 
If anybody should be able to speak with love and kindness to someone who they disagree with politically or they're different than, Mm. it should be a follower of Jesus. That's one of the sins in the world. We need that voice, and and we need a voice that confronts traditionalism. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have congregations, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stop because guys, I'm about to preach, and and I don't have offering plates, and neither one of you have much money to give anyway. We're gonna get in trouble anyway. We've now been this segment of the Circuit (laughs) Circuit Riders podcast is brought to you by the Federal Watch List because Steve (laughs) used the AK reference. All right, I said AR. I didn't say either way. (laughs) But we honestly, as a prophetic voice, this is part of this shift. We yeah. have traditional churches that value their traditions more than they value people. Yeah. Read the gospel. That's yeah. what Jesus confronted. And that's the prophetic yes. voice. Yes. And so we have to have that biblical prophetic voice in that way. Okay. So can I just uh, can I just throw us forward then? So yes. what yeah. does the prophet speak to, speak for, speak about? Because we're talking about redefining the role of that prophetic biblical voice. It's not just getting up on Sunday and doing a sermon anymore. What is this uh, voice and role. So here, brought to you by the Federal Watch List, is Steve McVeigh's five, One. four things, the voice of the prophet. Oh my god. It's a little creepy. Well, wow, that's a little creepy. Who gave Doug that device? He's got like a kid of a new toy. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. But it's good. It right. is good. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, well, um, you, you want me on the spot. Yeah. Too. You know, you yes. came up so, with some things that the, uh, the prophet, he. He yes. speaks to, and I, I think that that's how we redefine this. Yes, he does speak to the culture, and he speaks to the sin in the culture. Mm-hmm. He speaks to the direction that you should go. And and I will say another another thing, and then I'm going to throw it to you guys, is the, the lack, uh, let me be positive, prophetic biblical voice should have a sense of conviction when it speaks. Yeah. I mean, your sermons matter, your lifestyle. Your lifestyle is a sermon. Just for, I mean, that's the way the prophets were. They acted out the, the prophecies in the Old Testament. Um, I live out the life of Christ. Can I just say, Pastor, you, you should have some conviction that what you're about to say matters when you stand before your people. And conviction comes with passion. Yes, and, and it comes with passion, but not always. Not always, no, no, but not always. But it does come, even if it. But it comes with passion in this way, and I don't mean emotional passion. Conviction and passion go together this way. I want to define this quickly. Passion, I think we mistake passion for fervor. We mistake passion for emotion. That's not true passion in my mind. True passion is is like this pressing in that you just know people are lost without Jesus. You know the reality of your culture, and they need the living God. Well, the Greek word, right, pathos, it's, it's, uh, it's suffering. That's the translation, the literal suffering. It's suffering. So when you're talking conviction from the standpoint of the biblical voice, you're talking about a weight, a suffering, right. a, a, yes. a conviction, which is lifestyle, not not passion or shouting from the pulpit because I have an and opinion. That, and that's a redefinition of passion for me. And and yes. here's and here's what I mean by conviction. Then like, then you need to like be confident in, in what you're doing. And I don't mean like a cocky confidence. I mean they need to know that your life reflects that. They need to know that your sermon. Yeah. And by the way, your life reflects your sermons, and your sermons reflect your life. It, it's just it's a mirror image. And if yeah. we and if you're gonna be a biblical voice in this day and age, in the prophetic voice, which you need to be for your culture, wherever yeah. you're at, and I don't care what town you're in, yeah. this matters. Yeah, in the prayer, all that goes together. I had someone tell me just recently that attends different rural churches. They said, I cannot remember the last time I felt convicted by 
a sermon. And a a person who's a missionary is going to be saying some things. A pastor is going to be saying some things that convict. And and I want you to know not everything's going to land perfect, and not everything's going to be felt perfect, and sometimes you're going to miss. So here's the deal. The deal is you keep doing it. Yes. I think that's the point of this because I think sometimes you know I when you when these rural pastors and maybe you're not me but I remember there was a time in my life where I was preaching a lot of weeks, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of weeks, and that leads me to really understand that like you know sometimes you're just going to miss once in a while and that's okay, but then I think we need to really consider like what's next in the prophetic voice, what does that look at, and so Michael what here I think here's maybe a way to just sort of land with it just a little mm-hmm. bit. I am ministering to people and to a culture that doesn't know the word. You yeah. can't act on what you don't know. Yeah. And so here's here's what I'm I'm saying is that as we preach, as we declare the word, we we bring it down to the bottom shelf in terms of what it means, not our passion down to the bottom shelf. And then just to make sure we've got it refined, we call people to action. A prophet a, a, the the scripture, I mean, if the if the scripture is a mirror that we look mm-hmm. into, mm-hmm. we're supposed to. It's supposed to change yeah. us. James says, mm-hmm. if it's a sword that separates, you know, bone and marrow, it reveals stuff to us. And our, you know, the the heart is deceptive and and desperately wicked. Who mm-hmm. can know? Jeremiah mm-hmm. says. So we have to be people who bring that clarity and then call people to action. We we can't just. Tell a fun story. Mm-hmm. Preaching becomes so nebulous, and we fill the time with words that mean nothing to the congregation. If this is something that's a true conviction, if it's something that I'm passionate about, and I mean in that suffering over because I am speaking into this mm-hmm. this flock that I love, mm-hmm. that I'm concerned about, that I care about, I don't dare bring it with any less conviction and clarity. My children, as we raised them, we told them what to do over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And it was amazing how many times I thought I was being excessively clear and they had no idea. I think in our in our church services, If I'm not ever getting an emotional response, if I'm not ever getting a physical response, if I'm not ever getting an action or a question, then I am am preaching without passion or conviction. Tell people what they need to do. They don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's so great. You know, the amazing part of this, pastors, is I know, as I was saying before, some of you are probably preaching 48 weeks out of the year, and it's tiring. But it doesn't mean you can't take this step. It doesn't mean you can't do this. And I just want to encourage you with hope and joy as we do this that the reality for you is you can. And God has given you that voice. He's called you to that place. He's called you to that location. He's called you to those people, and therefore you can do it. So just to end on that note of hope, we're so happy you joined us today. We're so glad you're with us on this journey. If you need anything, please reach out on our Facebook page and um, send us a message. Uh, also, we hope that you have a great sermon in this coming week. Mm. We hope that you call people to action, and we hope you experience the reality of the biblical voice that's in your life. Have a great day. Take care, everybody. The Circuit Riders would like to thank our partners for their interest in assisting rural leaders. 
Rich Roast Custom Coffee, supporting rural missionaries with a wide variety of delicious worldwide coffees. Our friends at thinkorange.com, wanting to join your team to help you create a better experience this week for kids and teenagers. Katrina at crossroadsfarm.org. Vineyard Small Town USA. Vineyard Small Town USA, equipping churches to plant in small towns across America. Disciples of Jesus, making disciples. MultiplyVineyard.org slash USA. Crossroads Farm, working alongside of rural remote churches to provide an outsourced cooperative youth ministry that really works. CRF, loving the rural team. www.crossroadsfarm.org. Dirt Roads Network, transforming rural America by planting and revitalizing life-giving churches in small towns and communities. www.dirtroadsnetwork.com For more information about the Circuit Riders or any of these partners, check out our Facebook page or contact them on each of their websites. On behalf of the Riders, I'm Carl Miller saying, until the next Circuit Riders podcast next week, happy trails.